Hi friends, welcome to another episode of Inside Talk. Hope everyone's well. So today we'll be um, continuing from the last episode or the last episode from the series, which is mental health in media. And I know today we'll be talking a bit further, a bit deeper into the series. Mm-hmm. So yeah, again, we've got Jide here and I know we're talking about, well, we're exploring trauma in Shonen. So do you want to tell us something about it? Yeah, so we'll be talking a bit about trauma and we'll be applying it to some of our favourite shonen animes. Um, I picked shonen in particular because I think a lot of them are the animes that people get into very early on, but also they are very, very popular and there's a lot of trauma to talk about, which is, you know, always great. When I say shonen anime, uh, shonen jump is a particular... Uh, they make particular animes and that is particular to them. So they have a particular style. Uh, a lot of it is your, for example, your One Piece, your Bleach, your Naruto. And um, there's a lot of very, very other famous examples that we'll be getting into. Um, but yeah, there's some of my some of my favorite animes are Shonen as well. And so I'm very excited to talk about Shonen anime. Brilliant. Okay, cool. Fire away. Alright, so we'll talk about briefly what trauma is and the problems and kind of things that come with trauma. Uh, but to put it very, 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 very briefly, trauma uh, happens to you when you experience an, an event or a series of events that hurt you physically or emotionally. Now, trauma can have lasting effects on your mental, physical and emotional health. So some things that can happen as a result of trauma uh, you can start to dissociate when you feel disconnected from your body and the world around you. Uh, you sometimes have no sense of identity and you may even forget certain events or periods altogether. Uh, you can have flashbacks where you kind of re-experience the symptoms of the trauma that you are recovering from. Uh, you can have panic attacks as well, which are just a feeling of sudden intense anxiety. Uh, the physical symptoms of um, panic attacks tend to be like shaking and feeling nauseous and feeling disorientated and irregular heartbeats and or breathing and there's a lot of other things that kind of come from trauma which is why trauma can be such a somewhat invasive thing to go through and when you go through trauma a very common thing that can come from trauma is developing post-traumatic stress disorder which from the name is um, sort of that literally comes from having trauma. So PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder is something you experience after having, what you can experience after having trauma. And uh, there's a lot of criteria that goes in diagnosing PTSD, but the main thing is looking at how it really affects your day-to-day life before, you know, considering something PTSD or just having experiencing trauma. Um, And what generally tends to help with coping with trauma is a lot of things called grounding techniques. Uh, Jonathan, are the grounding techniques that you have used or that you know of? Well, I know of grounding techniques from DBT, Mm -hmm. um, but no, I've not used any myself. Um, Yeah, so I've I've heard of that and I, I think from my understanding it comes from DBT, if I'm correct. There's a lot of grounding techniques you can use to cope with your trauma. Um, one of the ones that I've heard of that is quite useful is called the 54321. And it tends to be you tell the person to identify five things they can see, four things they can hear, three things that you can touch or they can feel, two things they can taste, and one thing you can smell. And I think about grounding techniques that are really used to kind of bring you back 
into the room you're actually in out of that situation that you are actually what you think that you're in at the moment in time and that helps with obviously the dissociating isn't it it's you know as the the terminology implies or suggests that grounding technique is to help you ground to the here and now like you said the present and obviously i know from ptsd or kind of the trauma or mental health trauma or even physical health trauma it's when you dissociate when you kind of have your flashbacks so to say you relive that experience and obviously grounding technique it's to remind you or to pull you back from that movie that you do not want to watch from that period where you do not want to revisit um you're not there anymore you can you're here and you are you don't have to relive that trauma so that's i think that's from what i know i mean that sounds pretty concordant with what i know as well so you know i'll, I'll agree with you on that one so where does anime come into all this particularly shonen and i think uh the reason i particularly chose to talk about shonen is like i said earlier there's a lot of trauma in shonen uh but I think the problem with shonen anime is that when you talk about trauma, pretty much anything could be traumatic. So I'm trying to get examples where I can see equally with the mental health in anime episode where they're more interesting to talk about or where I can talk about the different ways that trauma is shown in different shonen animes. So before I start to get into it, there was a potential trigger warning just because we will be talking about different traumatic events that mm. may or may or not hit home for you. Mm. So do proceed with caution. But also for the anime fans, I will try to avoid as much as possible, but there was a potential spoiler warning too. But, you know, as usual, keep listening and hopefully you enjoy this episode. So now that we've spoken a bit about trauma and how we're looking at it, let's kind of get into the meat of this episode. Let's talk about anime. So let's talk about shonen. Now, as I said, there's a lot of examples of trauma in anime, and um, there tends to be a typical shonen jump response. So usually it's death, somebody dies, somebody close to you, your father figure, your sensei is killed in a dramatic fight. There's a lot of shouting, there's a lot of anger, there might be some tears, followed by a power-up of some sort, so you can defeat this person who has caused this trauma to you so for example dragon ball with goku uh the super saiyan transformation is probably the most legendary frieza the main villain kills his best friend and goku gets angry he shouts for literally five episodes and then gets a power up that tends to be the typical kind of shonen response to things however especially with some of the more recent animes we've been getting some very 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 interesting responses to these different traumatic events and i can't wait to go into them when you when you were talking about dragon ball i just um the only thing that i can think of is uh gone <laughs> turning into a What's his name? Big Gone. Just yeah. yeah. And just hair grows <laughs> to like three floors high. Sorry. I know, but yeah. Anyways, we move on. But the thing I think actually on that point, the thing I love about that is that I just thought I think that Dragon Ball is so iconic that mm. when you kind of look at other animes or the way they have power ups, yeah. It's it's like they all kind of draw from Dragon Ball. But I know Dragon Ball probably wasn't the first to do it. Mm. But it's almost, it's funny how something that seems to be the most iconic of its time 
Yeah. Then just seems to show its face in all different animes or different forms of media later on. Yeah. Well, I guess you know, not really relevant to the trauma or PTSD,、mm. but I think one thing I quite like about Hunter Hunter, it's you know obviously gone, then you know had a massive power up, but then he has to pay a price for kind of drawing that power, which isn't often seen in other animes. I think.、Mm. There are a few actually where that goes into it, and、I、actually have quite a few on them on here. So、okay. let's go right into it. So the first one, I'm gonna talk about it very briefly because I either talk about it very briefly or I spend the whole episode on it,、uh, which is Attack on Titan. Now I mentioned this also in the mental health and anime episode, but I can't not mention it because, I mean, these guys have been through. So much, like it's not even like I can pinpoint one character who's had it worse for you know one person compared to another person. I mean, even the kind of side characters. Connie's mom got turned into a mindless titan and now just walks around、uh, doing whatever. Annie did you just sitting in a block of ice waiting to be unfrozen? Levi has lost multiple comrades and friends, and actually has had to slay his own comrades because they've been turned into titans, so that he can pursue the person who did it.、Uh, you know, Aaron lost his mum, and he got all the, when he got back all these titan memories. He's literally living the trauma of not only himself, but also all the past users behind him. I think what's actually interesting. Is that what I find in a lot of shonen anime is that、um, when you try and kind of detect how they reflect on this trauma, especially if you use Attack on Titan as an example, they don't really have the time because they're in a constant war.、Mm. A lot of the times they are, they have to still think about the survival. They could lose a comrade right in front of them. They could lose their best friend or their girlfriend or whatever, and they still need to go on and fight. And because of that, there isn't actually any time for them to healthily、um, reflect or process that trauma, and it actually feels like, to some degree, they might never have the chance to, which I think is really, really sad.、Hmm. I guess, you know, the thought I got from that is, it's funny how we often put mental health as secondary. I guess it's obviously inevitable when you are in a war zone or when you're in a constant combat environment. To you know, when you are fighting for your life, then perhaps you do have to put your mental health secondary. However,、mm-hmm. you know, I think majority of the countries、um, in the world and majority of society we live in, we live in a fairly peaceful environment. Yet we still put our mental health secondary. So I think that's just something, you know, just popped in my mind when you were saying it. But anyway, you know. Well, I, I digress. It's, it's a valid point. I think it's very it's very easy for us to say there is no time to do something, and not even necessarily just with mental health. But it's like I guess if something is important, you do always try and find the time.、Mm. So if you do need to process your trauma, it's important that you find the time and the space to do so, no matter how difficult that might be. Well, likewise, I think like you said, you know, if you fu- if you think something is important, you will automatically prioritize or Put time aside, you know, for that specific task. So then, I guess the question we'll be asking is, why aren't we doing that with our mental health? Well, why aren't a lot of us doing that for our mental health?、Mm. But then, I guess that's a 
something else altogether different, isn't it? You know, for a different episode. I guess, oh, you know, a whole series. Yeah. God knows. But yeah, Attack on Titan is very, very interesting, especially from the mental health side of things. You could, it could be its own episode, its own series. Mm. But moving on to the very, very next one, we have Naruto. So, um, Naruto is kind of similar to Attack on Titan in the sense of I don't think it goes as heavy on the mental health side of things as Attack on Titan does. But what I like about Naruto when it comes to trauma is there's a lot of contrasts. So for mm. a lot of people who don't know what Naruto is, Naruto is a an anime based on, well, it's based on ninjas. Mm. There's different villages and they all come from different clans. A lot of people's clans have been completely slain, which is, and they could be like the last survivor. Mm. A lot of people have lost their parents because they're in a, similarly to Attack on Titan, they're in a constant state of war especially in the early stages of Naruto. Mm. But what I like about Naruto a lot, there's a lot of contrasts. So you see someone from when they're young to when they're an adult and how they view their lives or their, how they process their trauma differently. Or you have two completely different adults who have been through similar things, but have taken different paths. And whilst mental health is a very, very individual path, it's very interesting to compare someone like, for example, we have someone called Obito, so-called Naruto growing up they had quite a similar background and very similar virtues Obito wanted to be the um what they call the Hokage which is the leader of the village mm. and he went through a lot of trauma and com- his path completely changed but also because he didn't ha- possibly didn't have the right support or the right people around him someone like Naruto always wanted to be Hokage always wanted to make a difference and he was guided in the right way. And you kind of see when they even clash, the ideals clash and Obito even realizes I've made a mistake. It's interesting how someone's life can go in a completely different direction to somebody else's. And I think equally with mental health, we don't really know, for example, what makes someone more susceptible to trauma than someone else. But you can kind of see how someone might be affected by something and someone might not. And it doesn't make someone necessarily stronger than another person, but having that support can sometimes just make a world of difference. Hmm. I think that's very well done in Naruto, but also seeing people grow from their trauma. So for example, if I use Kakashi, he had a lot of trauma uh, resulting, his father actually committed suicide and he felt a lot of shame and guilt from that. And he was quite avoidant. He didn't want to make connections uh, he didn't want to kind of open himself up to anyone. But you see him as an adult, he kind of encourages his students when he becomes a sensei not to do the same things that he did. So you see that contrast from him being a naive kid who had to grow up way too fast for his own good to being an adult and a sensei and being responsible for others and making sure they don't make the same mistakes that he did. And I find that contrast between the processing of trauma from even different ages within the same person is very very interesting yeah I didn't even know did you say Kakashi's dad passed away I didn't even know that part but okay (laughs) the more you know yeah not the main point but yeah the more you know I think I think the only reason I actually remembered that was because I was thinking where's Kakashi been through because there's always those characters where I'm like I was watching um a TikTok actually, mm. <laughs> and it was like the guy comes in and like, "Don't move, or I'll like kill your parents." Mm. And then you've got like Naruto 
dancing, mm. Sasuke dancing, Kakashi dancing. I was like, why is Kakashi? I was like, oh, that's kind of sad. You know, and then I made me think, oh, yeah, he did lose his dad, which is very, very interesting because the way you see Kakashi mm. as an adult, yeah. you wouldn't think anything has potentially happened to him, the way he goes about life. Yeah. But when you, I saw, like, I think it's a filler episode of him as a kid, as mm. a part of his trio. Mm. And then it's like, oh, wow, he's very, very different. His, he was actually a lot like Sasuke growing up, mm. which is why I think he took a particular, like, Sasuke, like, you need to watch the way you're going. Yeah. Because he sees how he could have gone. Yeah. Which I find very, very interesting. He was always on the colder side of the kind of the personalities and he's not very, mm. you know, he's more quiet and, you know, reserved and more of a doer than a talker, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. That was just his, like, oh my God, cool. Like showing half my face type of vibe. But anyway, mm. I could talk about Naruto the whole day. Now this is an anime. I kind of gave up watching not because it necessarily wasn't good, but because I moved country and I lost touch with it and then I just couldn't get back into it. And before you know it, a thousand episodes. So this needs no introduction. This is One Piece. And when talking to a lot of my friends about trauma and anime and asking for suggestions, One Piece came up a lot because in the two kind of examples we've had, if you look at Naruto, when he fights pain, he gets really, really angry, gets a power up, gets his um, Kurama takes over him and he's able to then eventually defeat Pain with the help of his parents. You know, with Attack on Titan, I wouldn't say necessarily get power ups, but it's a similar just out of rage kind of reaction. With One Piece, what did people tend to refer to, refer to which a lot of One Piece fans say is their favorite scene, is um, Ace. Ace dies, well, spoiler alert, Ace dies and Luffy doesn't get any power up he doesn't even necessarily get angry he just starts crying and it's a very emotional scene as Ace's last words were thank you for loving me I believe to Luffy and Luffy just broke down to the point Luffy's the main character you know got all the moves in the world very very powerful couldn't even move himself had to be moved away by his comrades and then he passes out and he wakes up and he literally has to be told, like reminded, no, he's actually gone. There's a bit of denial even there. And he just starts crying, like uncontrollably, which is quite, I wouldn't say unusual for a shonen anime, but I think for a lot of fans, this one, this is one of their favorite scenes in the entire anime because I feel like it was such a breath of fresh air for them. Hmm. Now, the next one is something that I know we've both seen, Demon Slayer. <laughs> Yes, yes. Very popular these days. It is, especially with the movie finally coming to the UK relatively soon. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know some people have already seen it. Are you going to be salty about it forever? <laughs> you <laughs> bring up every single episode. <laughs> I will, until I watch it. But there's a lot to talk about in Demon Slayer. And what I found that was very interesting is that we actually mentioned this um, last episode. I think you brought it up. Mm. That I hadn't put it down as a list. Because... There's obviously some clear trauma there. I mean, Tanjo's whole family was murdered and then his sister was turned into a demon. Mm. That's traumatic for him. But I think there was a lot of criticism for the writers for how he expressed this trauma. Um, Because, you know, he just kind of... But I think it's one of those situations where he didn't really have much of a... much time to react. He's kind of like, I need to find out what's going on. He was just very, very confused. 
But what is done really, really well, I think, is the trauma faced by the demons mm. is actually really well showcased, especially right before they die. It almost feels like they're put a bit at peace. Oh, it's it, that kind of reflection, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. It's, um, I've completely forgotten his name, but Rui, yeah. the guy of the webs. Yeah. He's kind of a good example. Now, don't get me wrong. He was a bit of a prick, but he upon dying you know he went, they went back here through his story as well like mm. how his parents tried to kill him because you know he'd been turned into a demon and how sickly he was and how he basically just wanted to live a normal life love being loved by his parents and how he completely misunderstood their actions how and how traumatic that must have been for him and equally Tanjiro is very in touch with the feelings and emotions of these demons despite them being the main villains whenever he's about to kill someone he's like i think he well it's a very weird thing to say but he tries to do it in the most humanely way possible i i don't know if that's a mistranslation but i think mm. when i watch it in the japanese version the kind of message i'm getting is when you slay the demons they it, it, it's almost we wish that they can reincarnate to a better life instead of just purely ending their life it's almost mm. like we're ending their suffering um uh, because obviously they've got that you know innate nature of you know craving for blood um etc so it's almost like you've put them to peace but i think either way they've all you know every character has lost something one way or the other you know like tomioka he he lost training partners um mm -hmm. i can't remember the names the two the two little ones yeah i also can't remember the, yeah, names, the one that but... managed to cut through a rock wasn't it yes or didn't manage to cut through a rock yeah spoiler alert <laughs> spoilers all over the gaff yeah um and i think one thing we also need to consider is that for for nesco um she literally got turned into a demon that must be traumatic for her like her whole life has now changed because this one person's had to fuck up her life. Well, I don't know if she can, you know, still remember all that, to be honest, but mm. we'll, yeah. If she could, or let's say if she can, then I feel like to an extent, she must remember something because she's able to recognize that Tanjiro is her brother. Do you want to do a series on uh, mental health with demons? The mental health of demons. demons. Understanding the psychology of demons. Of demons. Now that... Now, that would be a series and a half. That would be a series and a half. Now, one that I have decided to combine um, that I really, really liked, and the reason I've combined it is because I feel like the way that their trauma is somewhat representative is actually very, very um, similar. So, we have My Hero Academia talking mm. about Todoroki, and we have Your Line April talking about Kosai. Yeah. Now... The reason I've combined the two is with your line April, um, we talked about it a bit in the last episode as well, mm. but with your line April, he supposedly lost his ability to play, mainly because of his trauma, but also because of his mom's passing, yeah. which added to his trauma. And with Todoroki, he wasn't able to use half of his powers because of the trauma that his dad had spilled on him. Yeah. And until they were both in a place to accept their trauma in their own various ways. They're not able to use 
what I guess would be their power. Yeah. Kosai's gift to the world with his music and Todoroki wanting to be a hero but can't use the fire side of him because that represents to him his father. Yeah. And the trauma that he went through. They both kind of went through childhood kind of similar trauma. I think it's both abuse related. And I think it's very interesting to compare these two even though they're two very, very completely different animes. I mean, My Hero Academia is more action focused. And Your Lion April was, I guess, more drama and story focused. But I think kind of putting them in parallel is very, very interesting to kind of look about how you've used two examples of two completely different people, but how trauma has affected them in quite similar ways. Yeah. And then on to the next one, one that I really, really, really want to talk about as well is Hunter Hunter. Um, with Hunter Hunter, one example of the trauma I kind of really like was Kurapika. His whole clan was slayed. That just seems to be a very, very recurring theme um, in Shodan. But his whole clan was slain and they took um, the Scarlet Eyes from his clan and they also became very valuable, especially because if the clan is no longer living, it's also quite rare. And a lot of these times they were put on auctions you know, they were going to people who would pay loads and loads of money for them. And his whole kind of, his whole mission for being a hunter was to avenge his clan, you know, to recover the Scarlet Eyes uh, to the point that whenever he sees, you know, the Scarlet Eyes, his eyes themselves even go red. And I think that's just, I just felt that that was such a small but very, very well done feature to highlight the trauma that he must feel every time the kind of rage is shown by the red in his eyes mm. and i thought that was very very well done with looking at the trauma and another example actually to talk about with hunter hunter is well kilua being from a family of assassins and especially with his brother alumi one thing i really i really want to highlight in uh kilua's point is in the arc when they are trying to get the hunter license and he's fighting alumi um, Illumi has actually just tried to control him with fear. And I know he did this by implanting like a needle on his back or sorry, his Into neck. the hair, yeah. Yeah, black behind his... Some way he didn't notice it for a very, very long time. But it was it was so interesting to see how that trauma affected him and it put him into a straight fight or flight kind of situation. And yeah. most of the time he would flee. Hmm. It's almost like a lot of adrenaline was released and he was like, okay, I'm going to flee. I don't feel comfortable anymore. It was like this uncontrollable amount of fear Mm. came over over him, especially because he's such a confident character. Yeah. Okay. And another part that I thought that would be very, very interesting to go into was, I mean, what anime has traumatized me as a fan? So, (laughs) when researching this topic in particular, um, I got sent quite a few links by a few people. And I also tried to watch some extra animes I hadn't watched to see if I could talk about them in terms of trauma. Now, one of those animes I tried to watch was Elf and Light. And man, I can't even get to the start about this anime. First of all, she is naked the whole time. And I have no idea why. Second of all, there is like blood like everywhere she kills like everybody and there's a lot of abuse and everything involved i watched it because i heard it was a very very good um 
anime and it was quite old and it was quite obscure and quite different from all the other shonen that I've watched. Uh, I think it's a shoujo instead of a shonen, which is a completely different genre. But I... No, there are so many scenes in that. I, I, I don't even know if I'd recommend watching it. But you know, it, was, it was very, very cool um, in its own way. Another thing that really um, kind of traumatized me, I was like, this is when I was quite new to anime. I was like, I don't know if I'm actually going to keep watching anime after this. Was uh, Jonathan, have you seen For Metal Alchemist? <laughs> of course I have. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure you know what scene I'm talking about. That really, you know what? At this point, I think I stopped watching it for a week. Oh, Ninja! <laughs> oh, man, that is, ah, uh, you know what? That that as a scene, I will never forget that. And I remember I saw someone who went to, I think it was Comic Con or some kind of anime convention. No. Yes. No. Dressed up. Stop it. Full costume. Stop it. I, I don't know what I would have done if I saw that. I think I literally would have just... Run? One <laughs> hide. I'd never watch anime again. Yeah. Literally. I feel like for a lot of anime, it's also when, like, you get kind of attached to some of these characters as well. So seeing some of your favorite characters die is also quite... I will say traumatic, but it's also like, oh, you kind of get attached. And you're like, oh, why? Why this person? So a good example would be Naruto... A lot of people just started dying. So Jiraiya died, Asuma died, and Neji died, and that was com- completely, completely unnecessary in my opinion. But yeah. I think that the fact that I can get so attached to a character whilst watching anime is actually pretty cool. I think that's one of the things I like about anime that they're able to convey all these emotions, and I'm still able to get some. I don't know. An emotional payoff out of it. I think that's what a lot of people, a lot of people's favorite episodes or favorite animes are the ones that kind of touch your heartstrings a little bit. There has to be something that touches you emotionally, as well as good animation and great fight scenes. Some of people's favorite moments, for example, the One Piece one, are moments that you don't really expect that really touch you emotionally. I think that's something that a lot of shonen recently do really, really well. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I think, you know, it's for something to traumatize you or you know without even going that dramatic or such depth for something that touched your heart it must have meant something to you in the first place so yeah no i completely agree with you i think you know there are so so many movies so many animes um manga even or books um comics um which is anime i don't know why i repeated myself series um that touch your heart and you know leave you crying outside um walking out of the cinema and i think those do the same thing it's you know effectively good screenwriting is just um or good directing is almost playing with your emotion isn't it it is it definitely is in a lot of different ways i think what i found is well for myself particularly when i watch something doesn't have an emotional payoff i can really 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 enjoy it Mm. But I feel like some of my favorite things still have that emotional payoff for me. If it's Full Metal Alchemist, kind of with the the whole concept of equivalent exchange really, really gets me. Or with Hunter Hunter having those big emotional moments as well as the amazing fight scenes is what really gets me as well. And 
maybe that's because we feel for the characters they deserve to have the emotional payoff you come becoming attached to these characters you want them to be able to process the emotions that they are feeling yeah or maybe that's what we want for ourselves as well you know something something to think about but overall um i do think that uh trauma in shonen is something that has actually kind of evolved a bit as anime has gotten more and more modern slightly i feel like writers are starting to notice that the emotional payoff is very important to all of these people and they have tried to find ways to well not tried to find ways but i think they're being a bit more creative in how they show um main characters especially kind of processing their emotions especially with attack on titan i cannot wait to see how that ends if i get the emotional payoff that i'm that i'm waiting for or that they all deserve but yeah that's generally going to be the episode um i think there's I think with trauma, there's also a lot more to talk about. And I want to kind of limit it to shonen so that I didn't ramble on for much longer than I already have. But thank you for listening. And we have a lot more episodes coming up in store. Uh, So until next time, see you. Peace.